Hello ladies and gents with Adrianosaurus, I'm the coach of Rapana Rama for super coach purposes. That's round eight in the books and it's a bit of a low scoring round. I haven't had the greatest time of it because I haven't scored so well. I don't think I'm going to see any green arrows and hey, I'm a Canberra Raiders fan. I went to that game live. I've been a bit under the weather so I pulled myself off the deck to go watch us get Run down again, the Raiders, faders. Um, it's a big show to cover t- today, a um, lot of talking points. I'm going to have a guest on the program. I don't want to waste too much time on the old intro. I want to go through these talking points with my guest, and you'll hear from them next. And it's a huge welcome to my guest this evening. It's the wonderful Glenn Fisher, who's the one of the admins of the, the fantastic group on uh, Facebook, the Supercoach Tragics. Welcome to the show. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I love um, Supercoach Tragics as a page. It's a nice positive page, I find. I, I post in a lot of groups and, you know, I, you get a bit of lip off a few, which I don't mind. I like a bit of banter. Um, but, you know, it's a good group. It's, you know, everyone freely shares in there. It's lots of good information, lots of people that like to help out each other. And it's a really good Supercoach community page, I think. So it's lovely to have you on. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Um, we're going to cover the, the talking points from my point of view of the round. I'm going to throw some things at you and you can just tell me what your opinion is of it. Um, we'll do the good, bad and ugly for um, the games. We'll cover some games each and we'll finish off with some pod action because obviously now we're at a point in the season where you might have missed a, a Talakai. You wouldn't have been unhappy not missing him this week because he didn't really light it up. I, I tipped that in my bold predictions, um, but you might have missed some of these uh highly owned ones and ever, and you've got to do a bit of catch up. So some of these pods might be a way of, of catching up on the opposition and getting ahead of the jump, finding the next, next Talakai. Um, you know, I, I know a few people that jumped on, um, you know, Mulatalo from the Sharks nice and early and started getting good scores. I didn't get a great score this week, but that's what I wanted to put a mind towards. Some of these pod plays that you might bring into your team that can get you ahead in the game. Um, talking points of the round, the Lawton tackle, we saw it. Um, it was. It looked a bit nasty to me. I know I got a lot of socials and a lot of messages from people going, oh, he wasn't injured and it shouldn't have been a send-off. It should have been a 10 in the bin. My first question is, do you think it's a send-off or a sin bin? I think a sin bin, um, I would have probably felt more uneasy about a sin bin than I, I felt about the send-off. I think it was fair enough. I definitely think it's a send-off. I think that when the criteria or people saying the criteria is someone's being injured, on foul play, I, I just don't think that should be the criteria. I think the action should not look. There's no malice in it, but it happened, and you know we 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 we've got to keep the game as safe as we can. It's a tough game. Yeah, and it's just a hair off being going really bad. You know, we notice also in the round that Jack Whiten got a, a dangerous throw as well. Not as serious. Yeah. Two weeks he got. You happy with the four for um, Lawton? I think four is fine. Yeah, I think for Lawton's, yeah. I, I didn't think Whitens was near as bad. So I think, yeah, that works out fairly, fairly fair. Yeah, one uh, one grade down on that one. Um, look, in the I was live at the game and it's a hard old watch being a Raiders fan, but that elbow yeah. from Lodge to CHN's face, I think that was just as bad as Barnett's elbow who gets how many weeks did he get? He hasn't even gone on report. So he, I mean, he, it was a penalty only, no punishment. I thought that was dangerous and straight to the throat slash head of an opposition. Yeah, hundred percent. And and Lodge has got form. He's a grub of a player, and I, I don't like saying that about people, but he is. He he's, yeah. he's just got that in him, and he gets a little bit of anger. He just gets a little bit shirty. Well, I mean, I think it's as bad as Barnett, and I think it's a minimum sin bin. So the Raiders would have been playing one man up to finish that game. We well, we know how it all ended up. There was some more bullshit from Lodge that cost you know the Raiders the game because they got a, t- a penalty, took the two points to level it. I mean, what's the bunker doing? Because honestly, if you're the bunker is looking down at that tackle from Corey Horsburgh on Lodge, it's not even a penalty, and they shouldn't have intervened and given it a penalty. So Lodge has affected the game in two ways there that inevitably it gave the Raiders a loss. I'm pretty salty over it. I'll be honest. I was there live. I'm sick as a dog and I pulled myself up to go to the game. One, they made a mistake by not binning him. Number two, the match reviews mucked up because he should be doing weeks. You know, it's as bad as Barnett's in my opinion. And then what is the bunker doing? You know, like the bunker looks at these, replays and the bunker should be saying that's not there's nothing in that not even a penalty 
and they should be looking for intent. And from my opinion, there was intent in what Lodge was doing. You know, he he knows what he's doing. He's been playing the game a long time. They're, you know, I agree with you. He, at least he should have been um, sin-binned. Yeah, I think so. And 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 the fa- the lying down, you know, with that Horsbury to get the two points. Yeah, it might be a bit of gamesmanship, but the bunker looked at it and they should look at it and go, there's nothing in that. Um, I also think today, Tuolagi, he's a slow mo- They looked at that once and I think he got that down. You know, they do these fingertip yeah. tries and I don't think he's – it wasn't – didn't look fluent, but he had the hold of the ball all the way to the ground. I think it was a put-down. Uh, bizarre for me how the bunker looks at things. I mean – I'm in a lot of chat groups and they're all, most people are like, oh, that's a try. I just don't know what they're doing there sometimes. Um, something on Lodge Lane down there. I, yeah. Look, I, one of the things that I hate about some of the other sports is that that exact thing where players get bumped and they jump to the ground or they do that kind of stuff. One of the things I love about rugby league is it's a tough game. It's a man's game. It's a man's man's game. And when we start doing that in the game, it's making us look like, it's making the whole game look ridiculous. It needs to be stopped. You know, yeah. it really does. I, I don't like it. Yeah, I think in that instance, that's the bunker's chance for us to do that because they can say he's hamming that on and there was nothing in that. Um, for Fida, he was started off the bench. I reversed my trades. It's a little bit stuck, sucky because I was going to bring in Cody Walker. I skipped going Cody Walker so that I could get for Fida out. Um, the coach was he's lost his mind last week. He played him in the centers thought he might be a Talakai. It was never going to be the case. He's too big a man and he's not played in the centers. There were better options there started him off the bench this week. I think he had those minor knee problems going into the game. They say, and he's aggravated it. MCL looks like three to six weeks, but is going to be a cell. I luckily avoided it last week and reversed and went to IPAP who didn't light it up this week, but I think long-term it, it was dodged a bullet. Um, unfortunate, you know, for, for feeder owners. Yeah, I, I think IPAP's a good buy, mate. I mean, one of my friends messaged me and asked me, should I sell for feeder? And I said, can you get to IPAP? He said it was 5K short. Look, IPAP didn't do too well this round, but um, he's got the ceiling and he, he's consistent. He's consistently good and you can play him in the front row, mate. It's a good trade, in my opinion. I cannot understand what Holbrook's doing. Yeah. It's these coaches that are, when they're not winning games, they start, you know, Ricky started this week with Elliot instead of Starling, you know, in the hooker yeah, position, yeah. you know, it's, it sort of went okay, but I, I still think it's just too much messing around. Um, so, you know, Fafita's gone, he's going to be a sell. He's still got pretty good value. It was a 25 or whatever in score. So if you, if you didn't manage to avoid it, like I did, you know, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And, and I agree. I think IPAP, you know, it was a bludger of a game this week. They got absolutely rolled. He didn't get any attacking upside at all. He still finishes in mid fifties. That's the difference between him and the Fafita. It's not a thirties if it's if there's no attack. Um, Targo and May um, are scoring a little lower since Cleary's been back, and they're starting to lose yeah. money. Now, I've had a lot of people float ideas at me like, "Can I? I should move them now because they're going to start to lose their value. I can get them across to much better players." Um, do you think that they're sells, or would you be inclined to hold them? But also added to that, who do you think drops out of that Penrith team when Tottenham's back? You know, reported uh, that he's back next week. Who do I think should drop out? Staines. Who do I think will drop out? May. And if May drops out, obviously he becomes an instant sell. I mean, if I'm a Panthers side and I look at what May's doing and I look, you know, I, Toho and May together on each side would be destructive, don't you think? But I, I think I'd hold a little bit longer, see what happens with Toho and then get rid of May. I think Targo's a hold to round 13 and then sell after the buy. Yeah, well, he updated to 50, which is adequate, you know, I think this week. Um, I'm just a little worried. They seem to be scoring a little less, you know, fluently on that edge with Cleary back because obviously they can go both sides a lot more. That's why Crichton's scoring okay. Look, I haven't actually been too unimpressed with Staines. He's been pretty good. So a little inkling, I've got a little inkling that they might just go on seniority in first grade and go, no, we're going to keep Charlie and thanks, May, you've been great, and you'll be first cab off the rank if we have any injuries. If that's the case, he still has very good value. It's unfortunate because, for me, I would be inclined to hold them both because I don't know about you, how you're looking for around 13 numbers, but they are two numbers that I was banking on. Yeah, me too. One of the mistakes, though, that I have made in previous years and I'm aware of now is that sometimes I've held on or I've gone too early on getting by-round players or I've held on a little bit too long. 
and sometimes you hold them for and you know and you cop on a 50 every round up until the buy and then say you get a 50 on the buy whereas you may well bring one in you know early that's scoring really well and and those points could actually outscore what you difference if that makes sense. yeah yeah that's it it's sometimes a good point and then that's the thing um and with the two of them i think it's we will look at team list next week if may holds on out of the two of them you know i would probably be inclined to hold may because he's a winger and he's on the back of tries a lot and then, and, and targo has dropped off his last three scores have been pretty average so he, but the, he's got that handy jewel um it'll be an interesting watch next week when Toto comes back who drops out and it'll it might force everyone's hand as to what they've got to do um cody walker he finished with a 99 didn't quite get to the 100 this week i was telling everyone to buy him but he was the one that i i pulled out i didn't do that cody walker trade because i wanted to get Fafita out and i used ipap to get him um i knew he was going to do what he did is he back it didn't look altogether convincing to me he did crumb off that dropped ball for his try which you know helped his score but i think he looked a little he's looking better and I know some people disagree with me on that, saying he's very scrappy and I'm not going to have him this year. Do you think he's worth a buy? He's still quite affordable after this week. I, I do. I mean, I probably, uh, you'd either want to jump on now or jump on round 14. It's one or the other, isn't it? I mean, uh, m- most people are going to run home with Munster and Cody Walker, you would assume. And um, look, I, I, I bought him a couple of rounds ago. I got a 30 and a 30 out of him and I punted him and the next round he went big. And I, it's like sometimes with them players, you you know, you just don't do that. Yeah. Well, so to the people, the people that said to me, oh, it was a bit scrappy and it was a bit unconvincing. Well, I mean, Cody, he he only ever gets points with those kind of attacks. He's he's one of those players that always follows. And, he's, and when there's a little loose ball, he jumps on it. Or if there's a kick ahead, he's the one following. That's the kind of wispy type of player he is. It's been a 77 and a 99 in the last couple of weeks. And I don't see any problem in buying him because let's face it he is a buy player he's a, a buy number two player um so i think he's i think he's you know south look a little better he looks a little better to me so i think he's worth a buy um what happens to the manly back line uh do you think when turbo comes back next week obviously garrick goes back to the um wing i think cooler he's looked good in first grade since he's come in but my real question is sort of tupelotto who's looked great uh versus saab who's looked pretty average yeah, I mean, like, it's it's the million-dollar question, May Tahoe, isn't it? It's the same kind of thing, like seniority. I mean, if I'm the coach of that side, I'd be keeping Tupaludu or however you pronounce his name. I mean, his work rate's been phenomenal. He's been the silent cow that a lot of people have missed. I mean, I I, I knew he was there. I just couldn't really get to him because of other guys, uh, Koala and, and um, Suali. But, geez, if he does stay, I'll be definitely looking at him because his work rate's phenomenal for, um, for what Manly are doing at the moment. Yeah, well, that's it. I think Saab offers, you know, that speed and he obviously works, it works well with Turbo back in the team. Um, you know, you think he'd be better under the high ball because of his height, but he's not that great at the, under, on the uh, on the high ball. And Tupelotto, his yardage and his tackle breakability, I think he looks a better buy, but that's interesting. I think he is affordable. You know, if you've got a Billy Smith or someone sitting there, Tupelotto looks a pretty handy player, in my opinion. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Cooler, you know, because Harper, I think he, he you know, he, he's still a chance, but I think Cooler's done enough to maybe hold his spot. Um, upsets. It's been good to see some upsets this round. The Broncos yeah. got up against um, the Sharks. The Warriors, they were only just not favourites, but, you know, they got up after that flogging last week, which, you know, for Warriors, I was there in the crowd and I was spewing as a Raiders fan. I walk, I, I, As soon as it got to level, I started leaving because I knew we wouldn't get it. We're not an extra time team. And I thought that the conditions in which we lost with Lodge and his nonsense pissed me right off. But it was good to see some upsets. The dogs got up in a win, which how was what I was hard not to get up into the emotions of it. Um, I actually thought that the dogs would win. The the upset for me that I am shocked about is the Cowboys over the Eels. Yeah. I mean, that was my next point on here. The cows, they look the real deal. I mean, he's I'm I I've I've probably questioned him as a coach a little bit, um, Peyton, you know, good old Canberra grade of the past. Um, but what he did with those Warriors when he took over there, 
And what he's managed to get, they 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 are stout defenders. They opened themselves up a bit in attack as well since Drinkwater's been in fullback. They look to me like a top eight team at least. They brought a bit of youth into that side, and it's really invigorated that team. You know, they've already they've got a few of the old heads there, like Holmes and um, uh, Lolo, and then you know Cotter, and there's a few others that have come in. Drinkwater, uh, I, I think they've. You know, it's a nice little mix there, and I think they'll upset a few sides. Yeah, I think they could make the top eight myself. Yep. Um, a couple of quick ones. Um, the Chooks, they – I mean, I don't know. They've got to get the halves on – switch them, get them back to the, the sides, the other opposite sides of the field, get Crichton back on his preferred side. Um, but on a, on a side note, Teddy's hit his – over 300 metres this week. Teddy, yeah. you know, he's, he's an exceptional player, and he's basically carrying them on his back you know, for how poor they're playing. Yeah. Um, Cotter, do you think he's an origin chance? I think he's, he's purpose built for origin. He's got to be a rough chance, which will be a real dagger for people who brought him into their teams because um, he, he's a number you would have been counting on for that buy because the cows play the first buy, but I think he's a chance for origin. Yeah. Depending on availability from a couple of other players from the Broncos, um, I'm trying to think of his name at the moment. Um, Plegler. Is it Plegler? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plegler. Well, it depends on a few of our I do. I think I wrote it in the chat today and yesterday, I think, about Cotter. I, I think he's from Mackay. He's a Queenslander. They need forwards. I think he's built for origin, Cotter. Yeah, and he can fill in it in the you know, middle or in on an edge or at hooker. Yeah, he's pretty handy. Um, yeah. Look, the updates. I mean, we went into the Sunday game and it was half time. And all yeah. we'd had updated was the Thursday game. And that's piss poor. Um, because you, if you're, if that's the, the case, we should only VC from the Thursday game. Because I, I VC'd Cleary. I was like, if he updates to over 100, I'm just going to loop it. I've got tw- mid-20s on my bench. But I wasn't going to go while it was, you know, 70s or whatever it was. What's going on? Like week to week, it's different every time. You know, they should be just running to, you know, when the first updates come in. Oh, I just can't see why it's not Friday that we get the Thursday updates and it's not Saturday that we get the Friday updates. You know, it's just ruining the game. It's annoying. Like you, I play all forms of super coach and this is the only one we're scoring subjective. It's the only one where we have to wait for updates, down dates and all that stuff to go on. And, and it is frustrating because, as you just pointed out, you, if you do loop, um, use the loop for a Friday or even a Saturday, you, you've got no idea 100% of what you've got to what you've got. Yeah. You know, and it's not like the scoring live. Go- it's not like the scoring live is good enough that there's not big swings. Every week, Murray goes up by 20 yeah. points and stuff. So, I just if you're getting to the Sunday, the Sunday game kicked off, and that's when Paps was my captain. I went and stuck with that. But if you've had no updates other than the Thursday game, you're like, just what is this product? I don't know, you know, why would I pay the $28 subscription? If you can't even just get the updates by Sunday, the Friday games and at least the first couple of Saturday games should be updated. It's just ridiculous. Because I just think it disadvantages you uh, some rounds compared to others. You know, if you've got a big Talakai last week, you, you're great. You're a loopable. But this week we didn't have that advantage because we didn't get updates till midway through the Sunday game, the first game. Um, all right, we'll go the good, bad, and ugly. Those are my talking points of the round. Um, good, bad, and ugly from some of the games. We'll take different games each. I'll go first with the Broncos versus the Sharks. A nice win by the Broncos. They're improving form-wise. And the Sharks, they were flat. Apparently, it's come out that a few of them had, you know, some had a bit of a flu at <laughs> the Sharks, or they played like that. Um, it was good to see the Broncos get uh, another win. Uh, I think they've gone back to back. Um, my good was Katoni Stags, 82 points. I called it on my big calls. I said that Katoni would be above 70 or and and um, Talakai would be below. And I, and I was tipping for Katoni to be up for this game and to win the battle against Talakai, and I think he did. Um, 3,064 people sold Katoni and you missed out on that 82. He's that kind of player. You know, he, uh, he does well in, in these good matchups. He seems to not do as well in the bad matchups, but you know, I think he's, 
probably averaging out being pretty good this year, <laughs> but with an 82. Um, my bad was Talakai. He actually downdated from 41 to 36. I think the score is mucked up there. I thought he had a pretty clear line break in that game that he should have been given uh, in updates. So he should have gone up a line break. He didn't. He went down in points, 36. He was bought in by 22,000 people. He was such a huge buy-in. Um, look, it's not the worst because he's still going to make money, but you brought him in and you got a 36. It did sting. I've been lucky enough to own him for all of his big scores, but it'd be really spewing. Um, he was VC'd by 15.9% and 2.5% captained him straight out. I wouldn't have picked him as a captain in that game. It's got to be ghost teams, but he was, you know, less damaging in this game. Yeah, well, I bought him in. I actually swapped the least Katoa to him, so it wasn't. I didn't sacrifice anything bad for him, but I, I, I did get rid of Stacks to Sawali, and I'm a bit annoyed about that. But I, I just am so frustrated by the Broncos' inconsistency, and uh, so that's why I've done it. I, I've done a few of them this year where I've just traded out. I've made some really poor trades this year. I, I and I own it. I, I have. Yeah. I, I'd like to point out a couple of uh, things in that game that I liked. I liked the fact that TNM was back. As you and I are followers of the game for a long time, we know what happened to TNM. Mm. And um, so it's really good to see him back in the game. Mm. And, uh, and the other one was Wade Graham. Although Wade Graham didn't perform very well, he looked very sluggish. <laughs> he um, feel good after that knock that we saw in that game to see him back in the game again as well. Yeah, two good stories because, you know, those guys uh, could have had their careers cut sh- you know, way short. Um, I think Wade looks really short of a gallop, but it was good to see him back. And Martin, not the worst cheapy, you know, he can five, eight fullback. I think, I don't know what he is, but he's got a 38 and a 51. Um, my ugly for the game was Cobo and Mulatalo. Mulatalo has been absolutely sensational this year. It's his lowest score. Oh, no, he started with the 13, but in the last four weeks, it's been 104, 87, um, 123, 81. And then he's come back to earth this week with the 23 um he's been a smoky because people had he's four four point four percent so the people that brought him in you've just been riding a wave of i'm a genius because we're such a small number of people that own him and unfortunately he came back to earth this week because Cobo and stags did a job on talakai and mulatalo this week kept him real quiet um Cobo. He had a good game, I think, with with Stags out there, but there was nothing much for him. We got an 80 out of Cobo last week. I played him this week. I got a 26. Uh, 1,439 people bought Cobo in because he had a nice negative, you know, nice low break even. Um, he's only going to make 20K. And I tell you what, as someone that's owned him and had to play him a lot, <laughs> he's a tough old own. <laughs> um, an honourable mention in there for Cape Well. 83 points. He's a bit inconsistent this year and I wouldn't own him personally, but it was a good score. And look, I wanted to put it, and it's not really a, an honorable mention, but a lot of people brought in Corey Pakes. I did originally have a thought of bringing in Corey Pakes and downgrading Randall. I started to see red flags in doing that, but 4.0% uh, people brought him in uh, for a 21, which is not ideal. Um, I want to do that on my pod. I would say this too. The other one in there that people might want to watch is Hass. Hass has got a shoulder injury and he only he played reduced minutes. So although it's we're hearing he might back up, it still could be a, an issue for minutes. Yeah, I feel very I feel a lack of confidence playing him because I don't feel like he can get through a full game at the moment. I mean, straight across to someone like Lolo who's around. You know, but it feels weird because you feel like it's a class below going maybe Lolo has to Lolo, but Lolo plays the first buy. He's healthy and looking good. I don't know. Maybe it's a thought. Um, onto the Titans versus the Panthers. Cleary is my good 88. He can have a quiet game, Cleary. It wasn't as I thought it'd be a bit of a bash up, you know, but the, that was sluggish in the first half. The Panthers, they came on a little bit in the second half. And Cleary is um, a second half player. 88 is a good thing because he was seven points at halftime. It was a very quiet first half. Um, They were flat, the Panthers, but look, he's such a good accumulator of points, 88 points. There was a lot of, oh, you'll get his unicorns and he'll get up to 100. I didn't think he'd get up to 100. He only went up one point in updates. Um, My bad was Targo and May. Um, You know, Targo's hugely owned 66.7. He scored 50 points, which is not the worst but it was with a try, you know, so it wasn't much 
else. And he's been a pretty good base player. Um, it's just that what I said at the top of the show, since Cleary's been back, these two have gone down a little bit. Um, Taylor May, um, 58.3 has been an absolute sensational GB May. We'll have to see what happens when Toro comes back um, next week. He finished with the 39 this week, and he's actually lost money for the first time this year. So I think he's going to be up against the big BE next week. If Toro comes back in, he might be someone that you just prioritize to utilize the value of him, get across to someone else. Um, the ugly was obviously for feeder 25 points, aggravated the MCL. It was one of those nervous moments in Supercoach when you see the team list, you see that he's been named to come off the bench, do you say, oh, hopefully he comes on and plays 60 and rips heads off? Or you go, oh, that gives me the heebie-jeebies and I'll get rid of him. I got rid of him. I went to IPAP. You know, it was 30 points difference, but it was one that I'm glad I did because obviously it's going to be three to six weeks now. Um, look, coaches never learned how to play for feeder in that team, really. Last year on the left, which is where they attacked, it was probably the closest they ever got to playing him. And he had a really successful year last year but the coach I think he goes about it all the wrong way you know put him on the right put him in the center start him on the bench I mean uh, 1.2 million dollars oh people ask me what I'd do with him I was like well put him on the left to start with and then maybe give him 10 minutes when Tino's having a rest playing in the middle just to get him involved that's exactly how I'd play it too I think that if all the structure that I watch from the um, Titans is shifting left. And if they're going to play left, then they need to have their strike weapon on the left. I mean, as much as I like Firmer in defence, uh, I think that they're leaking points on that side. So maybe they should put Firmer over there to defend, to feed it on the left side to attack. And as you say, he has to be pay, playing 80 minutes. You don't own a, um, a Ferrari and, you know, drive it half the, half the time. It just, it was a tale of two, two halves that game, wasn't it? The first half was horrible. The second half was much, much different game. Yeah, I think you, know, you put the nail on the head. If you've got this guy in your team, everything needs to revolve around getting him the ball. Because if you get him a ball, even one on two, he's almost unstoppable. Um, you know, they, he gets the when he does get the ball, he's flat footed. They've just got to make those changes. I mean, obviously, it's three to six weeks. We'll see how we go, you know, for, for them. Um, Marju was good. He's too expensive really to own, but some people might be eyeing him off and as a pod, a pod move from, you know, a Taylor May. If, if, if Toro comes back and May drops out, um, 83 points, he can score. He can, when he scores a try, he's good. You know, he's, he's a tackle buster. Um, and Tino was good again this week with a 71. Um, you're going to do the Rabbitohs and the Seagulls? Yeah, well, so as, as I said, my, my perspective was a little different to what I needed to do. But um, so I, I don't really have a lot of that. So my I don't really have a good, bad and ugly on scores, really, to be honest. But Tupalua, Tupalua I thought was good uh, from what I see him. I like his carries and his points. I don't have the points written down. I, I misinterpreted what was needed. That's for right. You got 74. Good. He was good. 74. Yeah, so I thought he was the good from that side. Um. The ugly for me was Cook. He just didn't seem to be um, the Cook of old, uh, of the earlier rounds, I meant to say. Like, Cook's been playing some really good football, but the last two games he's been limited in his runs, um, although he did end with a late try assist to um, Murray in the middle. So that sort of pumped his score up. And, yeah. Um, I'm not, what I'd say on the – well, the ugly for me in that was the tackle from Lawton. The yeah. Lawton tackle, um, that, that was horrible. Yeah, yeah, and I think the four weeks is, is probably fair. Um, yeah, it's weird that Cook, you know, in a 40-point score, you know, that Cook didn't yeah, – wasn't a higher score. Um, Cody was was good for me, 99 points. It was – I think he was, you know, calling out for a buy this week. And people who did – he was brought in by a number of people. And, you, you know, you deserve that because there was an element of punt about it to bring him in. Um, Ilias – 29 points. I think he's been a dud. I'm going to try to move him on next week, hopefully to Cody Walker and Cooler. I thought he played a great game. I kind of didn't have a look at the scores for a while. I was sick as a dog. So I was just like, you know, for the most of the game, I thought he must be on like 50, 60 points. Just good defensively. He seemed to, to me like he might've been breaking some tackles and only to ended up being a 29. So I just worry that he might be one of those ones that's not super coach relevant, unfortunately, but a good he looks a good player nevertheless. His base is fairly low for a second rower. He, he's a strike in a side with a great um, draw, but he just doesn't quite have the uh, base of some of the other second rowers. 
Yeah. Well, that's cooler, the center wing. Um, but, you know, we've got Turbo back soon. So, you know, he, uh, he may help them. Um, moving on to the Warriors and the Raiders. Oh, I feel like crying, but you can cover the game for good, bad and ugly. Well, again, I, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say in this because I didn't write all this stuff out, mate. That's right. I don't have well, just tell me what you liked from it. Well, what I didn't like from it was Lodge's um, late shot. Uh, he, he, I didn't like him laying down in, in front of the post and drawing a penalty, and I certainly didn't like him raising of the elbow. Uh, what I did like in it was the Warriors stuck in. They, they were up in the Raiders' defence uh, in their face the entire game. I really like Rapana. I don't know how it translates to super coach for him at the moment, but Rapana just doesn't stop for the Raiders. He's he's yeah. him and Tarpani are your two that are playing well. Yeah, well, well, Rapana made so many mistakes. He, he he threw a poor, horrible, you know, no, you know, hospital pass there that led to a try for the other team. I think Rapana yeah. effort wise is what all the Raiders need to. Yeah, to- Use as a, you know, use him as your barometer, um, but he needs to be on the wing. He's not a fullback, in my opinion. You think Savage would be better at fullback there for the Raiders? Well, I just keep seeing K. It was lacking a bit of confidence, and he's had his bench time. Just getting back in there, he'll come in now, and I think he'll he would be back to his effort field best. You know, um, I don't think Savage is ready. So I was going to say, I remember when CNK came down from the Warriors. And he didn't do a lot, you know, I, I liked him from then. And then when he first came in, I bought him that year in um, for the Raiders and Supercoach. And he, what I like about him is he's tough carries. He's always around the ball. He's a really good player. Um, but I just wonder, does he have the X factor that Savage has? That's why I mentioned Savage. Yeah, I think Savage is just, he's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think he runs, he's running with power enough. He, he gets, he's a bit of a lightweight. He keeps getting bundled or smashed, you know. So maybe yeah. he comes off off the bench in the middle when everyone's a bit tired off the bench, make him the bench one, bring CNK on and you put Rupp Rupp and her at the back. Aiken was good in that game. He turned up and a lot of people sold him. Um, He's a good hole runner. I was on that side of the field and I I could see it coming because I saw where he was positioning himself. I was like, he's going to run the hole. And he did. He runs that good second row line, part of the allure, I guess, of putting him in the second row. Um, A lot of people sold him. You've got a ton. Um, Dino, he's got good hands. He's, you know, he also put in a beautiful try assist. He was, yeah. I, I know. Oh, yeah. yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but it was a good score. Um, Elliot, it was absolute madness from Ricky starting Elliot at, at hooker. It, it worked out okay in a way, but Starling's got to start. Goodness me. He finished with a ton, 104 points, and, and White, and he's going to sit for a couple of weeks, but he finished with a 77. I had him on the anytime try scorer. Um, Bad was Starling for me, 38 points. Some people went the Starling round. He's been okay. The last five scores, 33, 58, 83, 72, and then this 38. So he's kind of, it seems like if he gets an attacking set, he's 70. And if he yes. just doesn't get anything in the game, he's 30s. Do you think they started Elliot in the middle to negate the big forwards of Lodge and Aiden Fanua Blake? Because, I mean, they, they do get a lot of punch through the middle. He might have had to take a bit of pressure off in defence. So Starling was able to do his running game when he came in a bit later. Yeah, I just think, you know, the Raiders' attack stinks. And a Starling's your best attacking weapon. And what you, you know, you do have those big boppers like Lodge uh, and AFB running at you, but that also someone fleet of foot like Starling can get in between them. Their lateral movement's not the greatest. So I don't know. I just think it's, Ricky's got to do something. We've got to do something over there, mate. Um, Can I, um, the number nine, in my opinion, is the most important player on the field. Every decision starts with your number nine. Yeah. So I agree with the re-attack for Starling. Either. If, yeah. I believe I, I believe they started Elliot for, for a defensive reason. I don't know if I agree with it, but I think that's probably the, the brainchild behind it. Yeah, probably. And, I mean, look, he didn't do that bad, Elliot, actually, you know, because Starling's passing is not the greatest either. Um, moving on to the Dogs versus the Roosters. How nice for the Dogs to, to win, you know, win that one. And, look, the Roosters are not looking the greatest, but um, you – Am I doing this one or are you doing it? Oh, no. Well, I said I, this is one I did sort of pay attention yeah. to. All right. Go for it. Um, so the the good in this one was Tedesco. How many run meters he got. Oh. And it, just everywhere, Tedesco. So we'll probably start with him. He was incredible in that game. Yeah. Um, 300 meters from Tedesco. And he, the Roosters are out of form. And, you know, to me, he, even though this for soup, we're looking at it from Supercoach, you know, but in an actual NRL view, he, 
he's such a trier, you know, and every every player in the game <laughs> could if they if they had half the work ethic that he has in a game, yeah, they'd all be much better players. He's such a, a, a hard worker. I, I think the ugly from that game for me is their middles. They, there's just no um, punch in the middle. I, I, I don't I don't really like what I'm seeing from anyone in the middle, actually. Verrills, Collins, Hargraves. I do like what I see from Stilly, Angus and TKO. I think TKO should be starting, personally. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. Um, look, Gus looked back to, you know, he's... he's best you know this week the strapping on the arm was off finished with an 80 i think and he's very nicely priced um do you think he'll make origin i think they've got a lot of options this year i do i think uh, if it will go to loyalty and he'll hold him for the first if we lose the first one he's a chance of dropping out but i I do think gus will but i'll tell you what if he doesn't get on because his super coach pedigree is incredible you know he's he's i don't know i always feel safe with angus in my side yeah, he's been a bit of a weird old year for him. He had some bench time. I think he was injured, to be quite honest. He looked injured because he lacked that bit of punch, but he looked good in this game. Um, yeah. Teddy as well was on my good 94. He downdated you know, a little bit, but um, I think people f- will feel vindicated, the ones that held Teddy and didn't do the old Teddy to Taff, even though Taff went okay this week. But um, Teddy's hit his straps, I think, for this year. He's up and running. Um, the bad, I thought Manu. He just looks yeah. so. He had like three runs in the whole game. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I mean, I remember hearing them saying it repeatedly on the uh, television that Manu had taken. He just hadn't taken any runs, and and a player of his caliber, when he injects himself, the Roosters win, or or more often than not. You know, I, I think they need Manu to step up at the moment because they've got a bit of youth in that side with Walker, Sawali. You know, there's a few. You know, Kevin Naguamas just joined them. You know, they've had a bit of problems from last year still. I think they're still recovering, you know, yeah. from all those injuries they had last season. Well, Manu is one of those ones, he goes and looks for the ball, you know. Um, and he, he reminded me of Fafita a little bit in this game because he sort of just stayed out there. And normally you see him, you know, jump in and get involved. 27, he's been somebody that I've been very interested in, obviously for that first buy because he's going to play fullback. He's very expensive. Um, Manu's like nearly six. I think he's 600 in the 600 case. Um, just 27 will help. Hey? Oh, sorry, mate. I didn't mean to cut you off. I personally wouldn't be touching him. I think that he will give you a good run in the actual buy round, but the, it's the leading up to that, whether or not he's going to do that. His consistency is not good enough. Mm. And I, I think the problem with the Roosters, from my perspective, is as we talked about earlier, Walker and Kiri switched sides. None of us knew that was going to happen. Angus and Silly Tupanua switched sides. And it, and it shows, you know, like if they switched them back around to how they were, I think the Roosters would find uh, rhythm a lot quicker. Yeah. Well, I mean, Manu, he, he does have a low one in him. So his last five games, 118, 104, 27, yeah. a 100, and then this 27 this week. So two 20s and 300s. And that's pretty much what it's like to own him. Um Sam Walker, mate, it was an awful game from Sam Walker. He's 7.7% owned, finished with a nine, playing a full game. Uh, It wasn't a great game. It's not clicking in that team. People were looking a little happier because in the last three weeks, it was an 87, an 81, and a 57. But this week, a nine, he's going to lose money. And would you be holding him till round 13? I think some people were like, I'll just hold him. Because he plays no, it, but you're going to bleed cash, and he's not scoring, you know, very well, you know, overall. Second fiddle to Kiri, so Kiri's the leading half, so he's taking the higher uh, lion's share of the ball to start with. And I think when last year was a, a different beast, wasn't it for Supercoach? So it really um, worked well for players like uh, Walker, who played off the cuff, repeated sets of six. It was a different game than what we're seeing this year, and I think that. We need to be looking at – there's too many good players in the halves at the moment with Hines, Cleary, DCE, uh, Hughes. You know, yeah, you're going to fall way behind if you've got a walker, in my opinion. If you're holding from now to the buy, the amount of points you could have made up in that position by owning any one of those I just mentioned. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think teams have worked him out a little bit, you know, this year. You know, so yeah. he's got to he's got to evolve. Um, <coughs> the Eels versus the Cowboys. The Eels got pumped. The Cowboys, mate, they – Absolutely rolled them. It was a good game uh, up in Darwin there. It looked hot. They were all dripping. Uh, but it was a good win by the Cowboys. He's got something going on up there, and they're playing 
You know, like it reminds me of the Raiders that went all the way to the GF. You know, they just, they're full of effort and they're playing like a team. They're defending hard on their own line. Um, the drink water at the back has unlocked them a bit for attack as well. He's my good drinky. He's gone for 112. A lot of people threw questions at me over the last few weeks whether I thought he was a good option. And I've been saying to them, not the worst. My main worry was whether the hammer would come back and take the fullback spot. But I said, if you jump on, if you're willing to take, if you're a risky player and you want to, you're willing to take a risk, he's not the worst because he's a good attacking player. He's been scoring well since he's gone, uh, come in. I don't think he's going to be out of you. I think it's going to be him and Cody at the same sort of price point. And Drinkwater looks to have held onto that fullback spot and he'll play the first buy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like what I'm seeing from Drinkwater. I, I, they've got a, a mix of youth in this side this year, you know, and I think that they've signed well. I mean, people laughed when they said they were bringing in Townsend. I mean, Lolo's been playing pretty well this year as well. And I think the mixture of Nanai, Lukai, uh, Gilbert, you know, they've got a, a few new faces in there. And then, you know who I think has been playing exceptionally well all season and sort of gone under the radar is Valentine Holmes. Oh, he yeah. Has been- <laughs> I mean, I didn't think Val could take to centre. I just thought you've got to have him at fullback or he's a brilliant winger. But he has really taken to centre. Like, I mean, I think um, the Maroons are a little light on in centres. I think he could play competently at origin level in, in the centres. He's really come on nicely there. Um, and you're, he's a great defender. Yeah, yeah. Um, felt. He's made. He's a good player. He's a very underrated player. He's good in the air. He's a real stout defender. Um, he's in a, he's one of those ones that would never go down. Probably to Cowboys fans, I think they'll say he was an absolute gem of a player, and I think he is. Um, he yeah. really did it. He he outplayed his opposite winger in that game. Um, the young fella uh, for the Eels, I can't remember his name, but he got over for three tries, 118. It was very good. The bad for me was Gutho. 4.4% people own Gutho still. You should have moved on him a little while ago because the last couple of weeks it's been 47, 35, and then, well, we haven't had the update yet, but it was 30 points this week from Gutho. Moses and Gutho, they weren't in this game. You need him in. The coach is an absolute moron for putting his son in at the 5A position, not because, you know, coach can spout all of this, oh, it's what the team needs. Well, you know, Cardi can defend in the centres. He can defend in the centres perfectly fine. He's mobile enough. You can't move the form six. Him and Munster are the form sixes of the comp. You move him into the centres. Now, I know that they would say it worked last week, but they played the Knights last week. They've come up against a good team and it was found out. You know, I don't think Jake Arthur is first grade standard. And I'm sure that Dylan Brown would be back in the six next week. I know Opacech is right close, isn't he? Well, many of us that watched the draw in um, Supercoach knew that the first 10 rounds for the Eels is very pretty. So I had Moses, but I jumped off him last week or the week before, sorry, to Cleary, which was always the plan, you know, that make the money off him, the points off him, and then move him on. And Dylan Brown, though, I planned to hold to round 17. And it was only like, I had him in the first, uh, second round when he got a really low score. It wasn't that low, but it was low-ish um, when they played him at centre. And I thought, if that happens again, I'm going to move him on. Then it happened last round. I, I couldn't quite afford to do that without burning a boost. Um, but I jumped, I chucked him to Munster this round. I just had enough of Munster and Grant killing me. And, um, yeah, it was annoying. But my plan was to go earliest to Munster, hold Brown, and sell him after round 17 to DCE and move one down. Well, you dodged a bullet because, you know, he was down, um, you know, this week, wasn't it? Oh, no, did he score? He scored a right. I think he got a try assist, line break assist, and I'm sure he's got to lose. I think that was, to me, that looked like it was um, Cardi. He called for the ball and then drew two players and did the money ball. I thought it was Cardi. Um, he ended up 52, I think, and he'll probably drop around to about 40. And Moses was much worse so yeah well I mean Gutho was my bad and my ugly was Moses he is 17% owned a lot of people were like oh I don't need Cleary I've got Moses and he's killing it well you had your worst score of the year this year luckily I mean I looked and saw how many people sold 3,633 got off because I think he was probably you know looking like it was time to do it um 16 points he was not there. He didn't obviously doesn't like the humidity and the heat up there, Gutho and uh, Moses, because they really, you know, they, they weren't there, unfortunately, in that game. Um, the Knights versus the Storm. It was an absolute smash up. 
Um, I captain Paps, and I, how do this? How do you score fifty points and Paps doesn't get a bloody try? I know. Oh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> he's, uh, he's in everything, Pappenhausen, isn't he? But that, I mean, they're playing to the uh, right a lot to coach. Coach has been the beneficiary of what's happened in the last few rounds. So obviously, uh, I, I imagine you've got the good on him or Grant. Yeah, the good was. Um, was Coates 115? He's gone back to back hundreds. Nothing more needs yeah. to be really said. It was if they score bulk points, he's a very good person for them to go to. He's good in the air. He's good even close to the line. He's a bit yeah. He's got a bit of power about him, and he scored well in the last couple of games. Um, he is. If there's no tries, that's when you've got to worry about. But when Melbourne's scoring bulk points, you you know Coates yeah. is a good person to own. Um, there was good scores across the board, really, for some of the, you know, Olam had a day out, 127 points. We, you know, I was talking on a podcast going, Sasagi, uh, Olam's going to score. I need my anytime try scorer. Don't worry about that. Um, he was powerful today. Um, Nick Meany was good, um, 113. Grant was great. Got an early shower, 96. I think he'll update to 100. Munster did some really good things. Um, it would have been a good move, Brown, to Munster. Um, 83 this week and Pappenhausen, 74. No tries and a 74, I'll accept it. You know, unfortunately, fortunately, he was my captain this week. Um, but, you know, it could be worse because, you know, clearly didn't go up. To, uh, I think he went up one point, didn't he, or, or down a point. Um, so it wasn't that that bad. Um, it was a pod that I looked at earlier on, and I kept thinking that he'd lose that position, and he just kept coming back. Because, uh, I mean, he had some really nice scores, man. He, I think he could own just about anyone in that bloody storm side and score well at a different game. Yeah, well, I've, I've got a few questions because Meany's the most affordable in there and, in, and there, people are asking, you know, would you go Meany? Um, you know, it could, could be worse. You know, he's, he's, that's the thing. You can't be – you could do a hell of a lot worse than having Penrith Panthers backline players and, and Melbourne Storm yep. backline players. Um, the bad for me was Hughes. It happens. Sometimes uh, in those Melbourne games, they, they're such a good team because they take notice of who's on in the game and they give them the ball. Um, and you know, the, today it wasn't Hughes's day. He's he's had a quiet game, unfortunately. Fish with the thirty-five. Um, Ponger is my ugly. He's the captain. He's the highest-paid player. He was an elite fullback, you know, for Super Coach purposes. You know, as recently as a year ago or a year and a half ago, um, a thirty-one today. And the Knights are just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, look, I, I will say this. I thought Ponga did try hard today, but there's a lot of deficiencies I see in Ponga's game. His positioning is is terrible for mine. He opts when to play, when not to play. You know what I mean? And I think the, the other one is that their forwards are just not laying the platform. And I mean, Safidi, Klima, they have got a good forward pack. They're just not laying the platform for that side to get around. They, they look terrible today. Yeah. They, they did. Um, the Dragons versus the Tigers, obviously, I record straight after the game. So this is a nice quick one for me. Brooks, 95. He's yeah. gone to 5'8", and he's scored a 68, an 80, and a 95. So he's scoring pretty well in there. I don't know if you could have him in because he's halfback only, isn't he? But he's been scoring pretty well. He should get dual come round 12. Isn't he playing 5? Because he's, he's been playing. shifted 5'8". Yeah. He he'll actually get dual. Yeah, he'll get dual. I know you're playing in classic, but I think he's a good option in draft. I, yeah. Some idiot, I, I, me, I sold him. I got rid of him in draft three rounds ago for Snyder. Uh, <laughs> uh, and my bad in this game was Tuolagi, finished with a 36. You know, yeah. not many people actually started Tuolagi this week, except for me. I bloody started him because I thought it was a pretty good matchup for him. I actually think that he got that ball down. I think it was a try. Yeah, yeah so. Was. I think, you know, the bunker are bloody idiots, mate. I've wrote that down. Bunker is shithouse. Um, yeah. Lomax, he's been pretty good this year. Um, you know, he's, he's a consistent scorer. And I, I get a lot of questions, Lomax or Graham, you know, and he's been scoring pretty well. But it was a bit of a down game for Lomax uh, today. Uh, what did he finish on? I, I didn't write it down. Uh, no, I didn't. I we came straight on after the pod, so I didn't see this. Oh, score here he is, 39. It's not the worst score, you know, in the world. It's just a tick under 40. He might update, but, you know, you normally see him around 60s. Um, 12 was good today, 76. Tamo, I think he's someone's put a rocket up him, and, uh, you know, he's been running with some gusto in the last couple of weeks. I think he's got some 70s. Um, Hastings was good again for 70. Unfortunately, the Tigers didn't get three in a row, but um, 
Yeah, no, I think they were, it was an interesting game. Hunt played very well today, I thought. Yeah, he was good. I think he's a shoe in for the 14 for Queensland because he's just versatile and he's probably having near his best year of his career. Um, moving on to what we're going to finish the show on, we're going to talk some pods. Uh, I think for the next few weeks, if I can find players that I actually want in my team that are going to play the first buy or the second buy, you know, they m- I might lean towards them. I think I've got eight numbers wise. I'd like to get up to 13 ideally or 12 if I can. So, you know, I, I, you know, it can be any player uh, that we put in pod territory. Pod is anyone under 10%, you know, so we'll go through our list of players that we don't mind the look of. And for whatever reasons we do, do you want to lead away with a pod that you've? Yeah, um, well, I, I'll at the halves. So I think that DCE and Hughes could be interesting pods because given that most of us are going to have Heinz and Cleary in our halves because we want to run, obviously Pappenhausen and either Turbo or Teddy at our fullback, it means that um, it becomes DCE becomes very interesting in my opinion. DC Brown were the two that I, I really I think are interesting because of that um, ownership. You know, I don't think many people are going to get onto DCE. And if you yep. look at his scores, I mean, he hasn't had a score under 60 yet, but he also hasn't had a big, big one. So I think DCE could be interesting for the run home. He also plays um, Knights, Dragons, Roosters, uh, eels, Titans, Sharks on his run home. So he's got a fairly nice draw Yep. Um, from 17 onwards. So I think Hunt could be interesting to buy after the buy. And the other one was Brown for the second buy. I think, uh, you know, he's at 136 and 100 score. And um, he's averaging 76 or 77. Yeah, 77. I mean, that's that's pretty good numbers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I While we're talking halves, I put down as one of my pods, because he's only 0.8% owned, Josh Schuster. Came back for his first game. So it's not something you have to move on right away. Finished with a 55, yeah. and he is in attack. He's a bloody good player. I was going to start the year with Schuster because, you know, in your 5A position, I thought it was going to be a sketchy spot this year. Some of us are trying to upgrade Ilias, and we might be going Cody Walker. Look, he plays the first by Schuster because Manly play in that uh, round. He's only 533K. I think that's where about Cody will be this week. So if you want to go Cody or you want to go the less traveled road, you could go Schuster. Um, 101 people brought him in straight away. <laughs> I think the upside also is he's a jewel, which means you can move him to second row. His floor's around 45, but he has that. I mean, we know what he's like with his hands. He's a really good player. I think he looks a little underdone at the moment. Yeah. So I personally would hold off a couple of rounds, maybe two or three, wait till he's playing a full 80. Um, and yeah, and then I'd be bringing Schuster in. He's definitely a buy round option into that position. I agree at 5 8. Moving yeah. up to second, bring in whoever you want down there, maybe Brown for the second one. Yeah. And I mean, if you're sort of working out your trades in the upcoming weeks, you know, yeah. you, you, you may, that'll give you a week because he's only played his first game. Um, it was a 55. So I think if he, yeah, he's going to get some match fitness. Um, I think he'll get fifties in, you know, last year he did, he'd get fifties as a base. And then if he had a good game, he'd go 80. I know that Kando, you know, brought him in for 170 something K and just, you know, played him from the first game where he scored 80. It was something I'll always remember because it was a ballsy oh, move. Yeah. So did my son Tyrone. I brought him in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I really like Schuster. I think, yeah, he looked a bit heavy in that game. Like he's been, you know, hasn't been training hard, but he's still scored a 55 because his attack is so good. Um, yeah. I'm going to talk a couple of uh, second rowers. Kaloa Matangi, um, he's 4.5% owned. His average is 69.6. He scored well again this week. Um, the scores this year, you know, he's got a pretty decent floor. The, he started the year with some floor of, of Kaloa Matangi scored 49, 45. Then he's gone 86, 48, 98, 50, 111, 70. Um, he's, he's the fifth overall player. Uh, on average in the second row forward position, he's going to, after this week's score, he's going to go up to fourth as well. So he's gone under the radar for people because he's a try scorer and that South run is very good. Now he's not cheap, but he's cheap compared to Fafita. So if you're selling Fafita this week, Kalol Matangi, I think is a good option because he's going to play that second or second buy because I don't think he's going to go off into origin, but he's only 4.5%, which is very good pod. It's uber pod territory. Uh, and he's averaging nearly 70. 
I wrote down six names and two of them are Schuster and Koala Matangi. As I was saying before, who I thought you were talking about when you're talking about Koala, his base isn't that, isn't that great. He stores around 40, 45. But the ceiling he offers with the draw that the um, Bunnies had, and the Bunnies are a ceiling side. So I really like Kalua Matangi. I think he's a great buy. I sort of got talked out of him by someone on our who came onto our pod. I won't shout out who it was. But he, 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 we, he actually talked me out of buying him, and I'm a bit frustrated by that because he scored well since. Yeah, well, uh, after this week, you'll be the fourth highest averaging second row forward. The other one is one I own, Hamoli Olokotau. I can never say his bloody name. Um, he's 620K, so he's in the same ballpark as um, Kaloa Matangi. Um, he's 6.6% owned. His average is 67.6. Now, he'll play the first buy. Uh, so if you're getting rid of a Fafita, I think that these are two good options. His scores have been similar. He probably hasn't had quite the ceiling, but he's got a little bit better a floor this year uh, than he had last year. Scores of 51, 77, 35, 56, 83, 92, 79. He's been scoring very well, and he's been a very pleasant own for me this year. Um, do you think that when Turbo comes back, it hurts him? I knew that when Turbo was out, DCE would use him because that's what happened in the past, and it has happened. Do you think it, it could be a worry with Turbo back that they, he doesn't get quite? Well, they do tend to play left more when Turbo's in with him and Garrick. So it, it's interesting that that may happen. But he, he does have the beneficiary of being outside DCE, and DCE does skip right a lot. I mean, as you see, he's put a, he, he's great to it chasing down kicks. A lot of his tries have come off kicks off DCE. I own mm. Olakowatu too, and I was a bit frustrated he was out this round, but I, I would recommend if you don't get him for the buy round. But I will say this, DCE won't play the buy round, so don't expect as higher ceiling uh, in that particular game. Yeah, and, I mean, that's the thing about Souths because they're not going to lose – they'll lose Murray and they'll lose yeah. Cook, but they'll still have Walker and they'll still have Ilias, you know, in there. So Koloa Matangi, um, he's about to be in sixth overall. He, he The people that are in front of him, Metallicai, IPAP, Murray – Koloa Matangi, he's had a good year. Um, anyone else for you on your list? I had one that he's not scoring very well at the moment, but I feel like he could be a sneaky pod late, and that's Britton the Cora. I think he could be interesting for the second buy round as well. He runs a beautiful line, Britton the Cora, and the Sharks are putting on great points. He just hasn't been the recipient uh, early. They got found out the other day, Sharks, with the, with the defence in their face. So hopefully they come away and learn from that. Um, but I think that Britain Cora is an interesting one. I actually had Shusta Kalua Matangi uh, written down. So I've gone to my plan B. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I started the year with Nakora, and I think in recent weeks, you know, we're seeing what I saw in him, you know, to go for him to start the year. I couldn't sit on him when he was getting 30s. But since then, it's been you know, 67, 66, 61, 45. Uh, and he's had a good game uh, this week, just a tick under 70. Oh no. Yeah. Just a tick under 70. So he's not, I, I mean, I, and I've said to some of the others, Mulatalo was a good pick. I don't know if you'd grab him now at his price. Ramian was one that piqued my interest, but I left him off my list. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely one that you'd think about. I, I kind of like, maybe the price point is better, but I like Kaloma Tangi and Hamoli. Uh, Graham, now it should be noted that he's got to be a close. I think if it's if Latrell's not fit, he's got to be yeah. a strong contender for the Origin uh, spot. His average for the year is over 60, 63.62. His scores are very good for the center wing position 60, 78, 30, 72, 74, 55, 71, 69. That's really good scoring, I think. And, you know, there's a, I think there's only one try in there. So, I mean, I think he's been a really – he's 569K uh, and he's 5.1% owned. So it's going to be hard because you want to you want to bring him in and get some of this action with their draw. But if you did and he got picked for origin, you'd be spewing because you'd lose one. If you're going to chase Cody Walker, then maybe chase the left side. And I think Tass uh, is a good option if he gets that position and AJ as well. I mean, AJ just finds a try line. Look, he doesn't have good base. So you're buying him for the ceiling and the, and the draw. But I think AJ is not a bad shout either if you're going to buy Walker. It's, yeah. it's very nice to own a combination that score together. Yeah, well, Tass, he, his coach was saying he's done enough to hold his spot. So he'll be probably the most bought in next week. It's funny oh, that you mentioned AJ because he is the fourth on my list. 
AJ yeah. is 585k, 4.7% owned. He's 12th overall uh, in, in scoring. Um, but he's a second buy option. He's on the left edge. He's warming up. Um, 49, 64, 35, 74, 23, 94, 77, 46. That says to me that AJ's improved his base a little bit. There is a 20 in there, but next to that 20, the lowest he's got is, you know, a 35 and then 46, 49 seems to improve his base. And just watching them, he's taking more grunt runs and stuff like that. So I agree. He's averaged 57.7, you know, which is not the worst. Um, and I think the price point, I think he had a low game this week. The price could be coming to, you know, that perfect when you buy AJ type price. I think Walker's coming to that price too right now. If you want to jump on Walker, the other one too, that we talked about earlier on and you, or you spoke about was Gus. I think Gus could be a good, and, and jumping on Angus Crichton now would be a, wouldn't be a bad shout either. I mean, he will play origin. He, he won't play in that first buy, but the other one entirely owned is Stilly Tupanua, but Gus isn't. So I think Gus could be an interesting buy. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone's like, oh, I'll get Cody because he's under 500K. And, I mean, Angus has got a lot of pedigree for under. Yeah. I mean, one that I've had my eye on, always I think about when Turbo's back in that Manly team. Um, Ruben Garrick, I've been hoping he'd get down to 500,000, yeah. but he's not got it. <laughs> he's 5.4% owned. I think it was madness for people to start the year with him at his price. But yeah. He's 625K now. So the jump, if just say Taylor May, you know, gets dropped when Toll comes back, I think the jump to Garrick, it could be now is a good time to go because we know Turbo's due back next week. Um, his scoring hasn't been, uh, you know, too bad. He's 57.6. So it's around that AJ type scoring. Um, he will play fullback in the round 13 by 31 36. So that it was an, a pretty average start for Garrick, but 72 65, 48, 76, 80. 53. He's seems to pick up his straps now. That, and, and even he's played fullback pretty competently, I think, for the Seagulls. And when he goes back to the wing and Turbo's back, I think we're going to see closer to what we saw, you know, most of the year last year for Gary. And if Saab managed to hold his spot, I think we'll see. If he can manage to hold, you could take a little flutter on a 200K Saab because Turbo's back. And it's going to unlock these guys like, you know, they, they were last year. I really like the Garrick buy. I think that with Turbo back in the side, he's a very uh, left-side dominant player, Turbo. And and because of the way he plays, two players have to come in to shut him down, which what that does is it opens up Garrick. He, it, it, every single time he runs down that left side, two players come in to defend him. He unloads the ball and Garrick goes flying down the edge. Garrick, Garrick's an incredible footballer and he's an incredible sharpshooter too. I, I, I actually had Garrick down as my next buy. It's actually who I'm going after. Yeah, and at 5.4% and turbo on the doorstep, yes, yeah. we wanted Garrick for 500, you know, but he's just been competent enough this year that it's not going to get as cheap as you like. But the jump from May, I think if you're just, if you if I'm doing Billy Smith down to Tass, you know, if Tass holds his spot, I get enough money, just say May, you know, loses his spot and total comes back in. I could go May straight to, I could do, you know, two nice moves in the center wing. I just think all of those, some of those ownerships, you know, you've got 5% on Garrick, 4.7% on AJ, 5.1% on Graham, Hamoli at 6.6, Kaloa Matangi at 4.5, you know. And, and the only other one that I mentioned, we talked about him, is uh, Drinkwater. He's 11th overall in average. <laughs> And I think he's sewn up that spot. He's going to play in the first buy. I don't think he's too much. He's 580K, um, back-to-back hundreds. So, you know, he, he's available in the 5'8". So I think, you know, you could go Schuster, you could go Cody Walker, or you, if you're a little bit of a smoky hunter, you could grab yep. um, drink water. My, my trade this round actually was I was going to go Hass uh, down to either Kaloa Matangi or to uh, Garrick. That was actually the trades I had in mind this week. I, I'm not really confident with Hass at the moment. If he's well, he'll play Origin. If he's not, then he's not playing big minutes with that shoulder. I mean, I, I have Josh King, I have Lolo, I have Ming at the moment as well. So, I mean, that, that's the point. Uh, this position I feel doesn't have the highest ceiling, um, where the other positions have a higher ceiling. So I'm quite happy to take that risk of moving Hass down to a Kalama Tungi or uh, a Schuster or a, um, or a Garrick. Yeah, all good shouts. I think, you know, hopefully people got something out of that. There's some numbers there 
you know, like if you look at it and you go, okay, well, people, I don't know, Hamalo thought he was going okay. Well, he's he's going fifth overall in second second row forward. You know, I mean, we yeah. can mention Murray and stuff. He's he's I own Murray as well, which is fantastic. But these are some guys who give you a chance to catch up on the others. I think because the scoring, you know, is particularly good. You know, Kalau Matangi and Hamali, you know, um, Garrick when Turbo's back, get. You talk to people who are like, oh, I got on a week before everyone else did. The ones that got Cleary for the first 150, everyone else jumped on. And luckily, we got a good score the week after. If you want to go pod hunting, you can get these players before they take off and you beat everyone else to the punch. That's when you start to catch up some green arrows. Not that I'm one to talk this week with my 1,070. I'll see some red arrows. Um, what do you think par is this week? I think par is probably going to be about 1,100 you know, to 1,120. This week, yeah, you reckon? I, I got eleven twenty nine. So if that's par, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was in a thousand and forty something overall. I think I might see some red arrows. Look, what I basically lost this week was having to make an emergency move and bring Fafida out for IPAP. Uh, missed yeah. Cody Walker, which was what my plan was, and obviously sitting someone like Hamola, who's averaging seventy for the year, you got to play a two alagi, you know, you get thirty points. So that's one of those ones, you know, where it's not the best week uh, ever. I would have loved to get up to at least 1,100. I was like, oh, if Tuolagi can play 80 minutes, I'll get 70 points. I think he scored that try, but he still went off with a head knock. Oh, I know. I, I think in the chat um, myself, I think Tuolagi to play this round. I, I like Tuolagi, but what I did say was as long as he doesn't get injured because his <laughs> history, him and both our second rowers have a history of getting, Luciana Leilua, every game appears injured and Tuolagi is injured. It's yeah. frustrating. Oh, bloody frustrating. Well, Glenn, it's been absolutely sensational to have you on. Everyone look up the, the page on there. The, you, you called NRL Supercoach Tragics uh, while it's yeah. NRL season, and then you change. Yeah. There's a lot of BBL stuff in there as well when it's Big Bash yeah. season. Yeah, but when BBL starts, we call BBL Tragics. Beautiful. Well, it's a pleasure having you on. I recorded a song, which is my thing, uh, and you'll have to listen back uh, to hear it. But it's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Adrian. I appreciate it. Well, I was hitched from an egg laid by some guy, cause that is Glorzo's way. And then it came time to lay my own egg and die. But Summer, she said, hey, Glorzo wants you to stay. Glory to Glorzo means glory to me. We know everything is just some shit we made up. Glory to Gorzo means glory to me. We got too many eggs, not enough society.